last people on this planet who need to be giving women dating advice as men. I hate to break it to you guys, but when it comes to dating, women are the ones who have power and control. I'm the one who has so many matches that I can't even go through them. Not you. I'm the one who gets asked out so many times per week that I literally just don't reply back to people. Not you. The one thing I know about men is they think their opinion really, really matters. Even when it doesn't. And boy, do men like to give opinions in areas where they're not even experts. So yeah, I don't want to see any guys on here giving women dating advice, telling women how they should think and feel or behave on dating apps, because the reality is you're the one who doesn't have any matches. Women have all the power and control in the modern dating economy, which I bet makes you feel a little insecure. And so you still try and control women by telling them what to do on dating sites. Hey ladies, don't change yourself for a guy. There's a million guys out there. There are so many men on those dating apps that you're gonna match with that you literally don't have to settle. You don't have to change your preferences. You don't have to change your personality at all because the reality is you're the one who's gonna have 50 matches tonight and he's the one who's gonna have.
instrumental right here man i still gotta finish it but let me know if you enjoy it we're gonna get the show started soon 
It's Friday, all right? It's uh, 6.32 p.m. Uh, Another day, another dollar (coughs) at my job. On break, 
smoking a blunt had to put that shit out. What the? Hey, Friday's here. Found that I had Monday off. That's what's up. I'm back. With another episode, part two. All right. Free Thought Friday, part two. Another episode, another edition of the Crash Out Coliseum. All right. Hey, hey. We made it through another week. All right. Tough week. But we made it through it. We got some shenanigans, some fuckery. I want to play this shit again in the beginning. Hold on. (coughs) I want to play this again in the beginning. I don't want to delete the instrumentals. I want to get this off of the list. All right, let's listen to this again, all right? Last people on this planet who need to be giving women dating advice is men. I hate to break it to you guys, but when it comes to dating, women are the ones who have power and control. So if women and and to an extent, that is true. But what does dating what does dating really involve that involves like a woman having to put in effort? I heard this from um, shout out to Better Bachelor. I had clipped this myself. It's originally a video from Better Bachelor. Check him out on YouTube. Um, this woman, in which to an extent she's right, but what effort does it take to get a man? In terms, or in opposite of what a man would have to do to impress a woman. You're going on a dating app. So as a woman, you really have nothing to lose, right? Um, You could like the man, get a free meal. You could not like the man and get a free meal. That's kind of how it goes. So for you to say that you control that, that's kind of like a given, right? Because if a woman, if a man knows that a woman's not putting out, Some guys will still take the woman out. I mean, granted, I think a lot of guys aren't as loosey-goosey. I think women are more so in that. And in other words, like I've said this before, right? It's like on online dating, right? Online dating is the woman's dopamine. Pornography for men is the same way. Here's the major difference. The men are getting instant gratification in terms of what they are seeing, but they're getting no actual interaction. And the women gets instant gratification online, but finds no luck when it comes to actually meeting people, actually dating, getting into relationships. She's the situation girl. She's the situation ship girl. And, you know, she goes from one situation to the next situation, but she's not dating or she's not in a relationship, but she's seeing a multitude of guys and y'all have control, but then you lose control because you are emotional 
And you can't go out there and have sex with a bunch of guys without being emotionally and psychologically damaged in the long run. Let's keep going. I'm the one who has so many matches that I can't even go through them. Not you. I'm the one who gets asked out so many times per week that I literally just don't reply back to people. Not. So, and this goes into another phase. The women believe that because guys match with them, guys want to be with them. Women have to remember, and I'm sure women haven't forgotten that online dating is all visual. So if a guy sees you as a piece of meat, he's going to want a piece. What the? He's going to want a slice. But that doesn't mean he necessarily wants to be with you. Now, granted, if if guys just imagine a guy <clears throat> and the only thing that this, this guy can find is casual sex. And he turns down casual sex because he's actually trying to find a woman. Imagine that, right? Imagine a guy that's not with the bullshit. Uh, imagine a guy who's actually looking for one woman. And then remember what environment he's in. Remember where he's at in the social aspect, on a sexual aspect, on a physical aspect, on an emotional aspect. The women see guys like that as target practice. Easy targets. Guys who they can try to finesse. Guys who they can sell a sob story to. And guys that women can pretty much benefit off of. Ew. The one thing I know about men is they think their opinion really, really matters. Even when it doesn't. And boy, do men like to give opinions in areas where they're not even experts. So yeah, I don't want to see any guys on here giving women dating advice, telling women how they should think and feel or behave on dating apps because the reality is you're the one who doesn't have any matches. Women have all the power and control in the modern dating economy. Which I bet... Which explains why the dating society and the market of dating is absolutely fucked up. Um, the dating culture from the woman's standpoint, depending on what Chad or Tyrone she meets, could easily be transformed and turned into uh, the hookup culture. So now it's the hookup culture for a woman because a woman finds a guy who she'll give it up to. Now, if it's a guy who appears to be nice, but eh, doesn't really have that much going on in the looks department, she'll still take advantage of that man for the foodie calls, for the dates, for the validation, because she he always gives her compliments. The guys that are fucking the shit out of her, they don't really got to say shit to her because she's attracted to them. So she's the one that's doing all the chasing that a guy is doing for her, which makes the guy better mouth, better. Makes you feel a little insecure. And so you still try and control women by telling them what to do on dating sites. Hey, ladies, don't change yourself for a guy. There's a million guys out there. There are so many men on those dating apps that you're going to match with that you literally don't have to settle. You don't have to change your preferences. You don't Who sounds bitter? Does she sound bitter, guys? <laughs> Does she sound bitter to y'all? We haven't even went through the actual content that we have for this episode. I just wanted to go through this again because this is, unfortunately, uh, the modern women on dating apps. 
And because their life's a fucking train wreck, they tell women, hey, why have a husband? You know, why have a serious relationship? Why have kids? Because this bimbo is a dingbat and she fucked up. She wants everybody else to fuck up. Have to change your personality at all because the reality is you're the one who's going to have 50 matches tonight and he's the one who's going to have. All right. All right. So, yeah, it's Friday. We relax and we chilling out. I got this joint. Got this episode. I got the content. You dig? I got the content. Let me give a shout out to all the content creators that's not only responsible for this episode, part two of Free Thought Friday, but part one of Free Thought Friday. <clears throat> we got Russell Brand, uh, Polita Brawl, uh, Forbes Breaking News, Fox News, Patriot Twins, Chicks on the Right, Baggage Claim, and did I get this Liberal Hive Mind video? If I did, I'll add this to the equation. Shout out to Liberal Hive Mind as well. Um, let me see. Let me see here. Yes, we do have that as well. We got 41 minutes of content to go through. Let's try to get through all of this, but, you know, no guarantees here. We got uh, Russell Brand. Um, a quote from Joe Rogan. I'm done with the left. End quote. Wow. All right. Then we got women instantly regrets divorce. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, talking about Trump, I believe. And Bill Maher gets exposed by a celebrity who's non-political. So I think that's liberal hive mind. So let's get this shit cracking. All right, let's get it. Joe Rogan's just done the biggest deal in independent media history, as well as saying he wants nothing more to do with the left. So why is the left falling apart? And why can't it utilize powerful advocates like Joe Rogan? <laughs> Hello there, you awakening wonders. Thanks for joining us on our voyage to truth and freedom. Remember, we make exclusive content every week for our supporters. You can watch our Tucker Carlson conversation that you will love. You can join us when we talk to Schellenberger, Glenn Greenwell, Vandana Shiva, Jordan Peterson. We have great conversations every single week and we'd love you to be a part of it. If you can join us, do join us. Now, Joe Rogan has just done the biggest deal in independent media history. He's survived some of the biggest attacks that the legacy media have ever tried to impose upon an independent voice. The N-word attacks, the horse paste attacks, the he shouldn't be allowed to have this audience. Why are people listening to Joe Rogan? Hey, that's not fair. Why you listen to him? We got a newsroom in China. I put a tie on. People are infuriated, but there it is. The genie's out of the bowl. It's no question now. You know what's always interesting and kind of like bizarre about Joe Rogan? Shout out to Joe Rogan. The thing that's always bizarre about Joe Rogan is he's he's a leftist, right? Like he's he for the for the longest he's claimed liberal from what I can remember. And at the time when I wasn't really political like that, I didn't really give a shit because a lot of shit that he had talked about was pretty funny. Uh, when he has Joey Diaz on um, on the podcast, the shit was funny back in the day. So always listen. But the thing that was always weird to me was this idea that the left essentially goes after its own. And then eventually you have this breakaway where a lot of these people who may not be the most political. I know I'm not the most political. Um, 
will go out there and say, hey, you know what? I've been representing this side of things for a while. I'm seeing things go out of control, get out of control. I want no part of it. But even back in the beginning, and it's like, it's almost like a humiliation ritual where it's like, oh, he said the N word. Oh, he said this. He said that. Or, you know, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart said something homophobic back in 2007 or 2006. So he can't host the award show. It's sort of this type of it's like this type of thinking um, with those on the left. Right. They always go after their own. Carlson and Joe Rogan are the biggest voices in independent media and people are losing their trust and leaving legacy media resources in their droves. They're losing viewers, they're losing power, they're losing advertising. Could there be a connection between this decline of trust in the legacy media and the breakdown of neoliberal values or what Joe Rogan referred to as the lunatic left? I know Joe Rogan, I've been on that show a few times and I think he's a great person and I would say that he has what you would call liberal values, like he just wants to sort of be left alone, doesn't care about people's identities or cultural choices, believes in democracy and representation and voting. That's like, that's liberal as in like libertarian. That's not today's a liberal. All that kind of stuff. So why is someone that the left could have grabbed and turned into a hero rejecting the left? Is it because the left has gone kind of crazy, lost all his values and principles, doesn't mean anything anymore? Let's have a look at what he said in the framework of this being the most significant voice in independent media. Well, I used to be a part of the blue bubble. I, w- I was 100% a left-leaning person who lived in Los Angeles. I suppose I was as well. I worked in Hollywood, worked in British media, and when I was part of that, establishment, it seemed kind of ordinary and necessary that your values would be Democrat or Labour or progressivism. And for me, that was always based on kindness, that everyone has the right to express themselves how they want to. And I kind of, I suppose, didn't notice how the rights of people that had traditional values, like say Christians, were always alloyed to power structures that were regarded negatively. How the framing around pro-choice versus pro-life or pro-gun versus anti-gun were always skewed in the media in a very particular way. And how one of the perspectives that we were never offered is decentralization. Allow different communities to be run differently according to the principles and values of the people that inhabit that community. That was oddly never discussed. And now you have a left that's taken progressivism into some interesting areas which I frankly don't trust. I don't think the left is all about looking after what they would call vulnerable communities. I think the left is about censorship and centralized authoritarianism, corporatism and globalism. That's what I think defines the left now. And if you look at the great experiments of the left, Maoism, Stalinism, perhaps it was always this way. Perhaps all of us massively understood that aside from a cultural blip in the 60s, where it's like, oh my God, hippies, Black Panthers, women's rights, and the uprisings of trade union movements, maybe the left has always been about authoritarianism. I don't know. Certainly Joe Rogan's rejecting it. Over time, this is what we're seeing. So over time, you and I, who used to be on the left, are now like, where's the left? Where are you guys? You guys are so far away. (laughs) I know a lot of people feel politically homeless. A lot of people that would say, I'm not a Republican, I don't think, or I'm not a conservative, or I'm not a right-wing person. I don't think. I think some of these people are just in denial. And it is kind of weird. It's like the closeted, it's like the closeted conservative, right? Like what people would say, You know, this guy's a closeted conservative, right? In which, if you think about it, 
it's the idea that whatever you used to represent, the classical liberal, uh, pretty much libertarian to an extent, um, that's gone. And the people that used to represent the left, they went far left. Um, people would say, and people would claim that those that used to represent the right went far right, but that's what mainstream media wants you to think. In reality, if you look at the left and you look at some of the extremes, uh, the migration situation, the pronoun situation, the trans situation, all of these things are incorporated by the left for their own personal agenda. And if they got to use the black, they'll use the black. If they got to use trans people, they'll use trans people. If they got to use gay and lesbians, they'll use gay, they'll use the gay and the lesbians for their agenda. Um, it's gotten so extreme that the people who would be the liberal, the people that would be the Democrat, uh, people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he said, fuck it, I'm going independent. This party is not what... I remember the party as. Um, And I think that sort of wave is going to continue. I don't think it's going to be from left to right. I don't think that's natural. I think to get a full understanding of the other half before really having a clear decision is important. But I also think it's important to observe uh, both sides, right? Regardless of how illogical one side may be, it's very important to know about these people. I mean, what are you if you say, I believe in free speech, I believe in communities being controlled by the people in them, I believe in leaving people alone, I believe in minimum government, I believe in opposing rampant corporatism and extremist capitalism, particularly as it's practiced on a global level. I believe in freedom to worship, freedom to identify, freedom to love, freedom. I believe in freedom. And I recognize that other people's version of freedom might be different from mine. And if I leave you alone, you leave me alone. Is that cool? What's that now? Yeah, I yeah. can't even see you. Yeah, yeah. You're out of your mind. Even if you look at the idea of Tucker Carlson's recent trip to Russia, it's the left that's saying, well, this is treason. He shouldn't be allowed over there. Russia are the baddies. That's what the right would have said 20, 30 years ago. He's a traitor against them. Interesting, isn't it? The NATO days. The Cold World days. uh, The Cold War days. Excuse me. I said Cold World. What the? Y'all know what I mean. I'm black. I'm black. Y'all niggas know what I'm talking about. Um... Yeah, this is very interesting. The social and political dynamic has shifted in a way that where where the right is at today, they're like the left of the past, right? Where people actually look at the right as reasonable. Like, oh, you know, it may not be the most agreeable, but reasonable. When you have lunatics who are quick to burn shit down, quick to riot, quick to do whatever... Um, and easily controlled by the establishment, um, you're going to have a lot of lunatics. I mean, the lunacy of the left, uh, lefties losing it, it, it it's just going to continue getting worse and worse. But then you got people like Jordan Peterson, who also would consider himself liberal, kind of saying, uh, you know what, Trump really wasn't that bad. And you got a lot of other people like Joe Rogan, who did pretty much a 180. Because at one time, every liberal, you are you are a certified liberal if you hate Trump. That's kind of like what it was in 2015, 2016. You were a certified liberal if you hated Donald Trump and you considered yourself 
uh, or if you're a pro-Obama. You're the ultimate liberal, right? Nation. These are the kind of tropes and ideas that were not of the left. Authoritarianism, take the shot. All of this emergent authoritarianism in the name of cultural progressivism makes me feel that it was never about freedom, that the left was never about freedom. Certainly, it doesn't seem to be about freedom now. Yeah. Why are you just accepting this? Because it, it's, it's a noble thing to blurt out so everybody goes, you're on the right team. That's what it is. Above all, the left used to be about supporting working people against the establishment, whether that establishment was the state or corporations which were largely believed to have captured the state which is still what I actually believe but there's no way that you could say that the left of the party of working ordinary Americans ordinary British people now is elitist is progressive is exclusive is condemnatory is patronising supercilious and hoy. they clearly represent professional educated city class people there's no doubt about it if you see someone in a white van flying the flag of their nation the left hates those people it's not like oh my god what are we doing in San Francisco it's not like oh my god why are we letting these violent criminals out of jail it's like, yeah. oh my God, why are we defunding the f- police? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You can't say any of those things. Do you say any of those things? But you just said it. Whatever you think about those issues, the fact that we can't talk about them is the biggest problem. There Shouldn't it is. free speech and the ability to communicate be a shared value across all political spectrum? I would say the side that wants to shut down debate are not the goodies. Whatever your view is, if you're like, I believe the I guess you're turning against your own then. If you consider yourself a liberal... They're the ones that typically throw stones and hide their hands. Let's be honest, right? Most of the time, when any sort of debate takes place, the people that sort of throw stones and hide their hands is usually the people on the left. You got a special occasion where you got a cookie cutter conservative who ain't ready. And it usually happens to him often too. But for the most part, it's the left. Definitely. It to Joe Rogan on everything. Early release for criminals, compassion to people, belief in true reform. Even if you absolutely believe in that, you should be willing to have a conversation about it. We all should be willing to have a conversation. Otherwise, what are we ultimately going to get? We're going to get conflict and fracture and the breakdown of cultural values. And I start to wonder if that is the name and the point of the experiment. Austin people are great people. They're really nice. They're nice. They're not heads. They're not Hollywood people. They're not lost in this fake world of leftist ideology that everybody's trapped in. They're just people. They're just regular people, man. Gotta say that when I first went to Florida and met all the people that I work with at Rumble and people that are conservative, they're often Christian, they believe in traditional values, and you can ask them outright, are you a racist? Do you believe that white people are superior to people of other colours? And if people go, no, I don't believe that, well, what are you going to do? Oh, you're a liar, you are a racist. I mean, what, like, what, if people are being sick... First of all, for a white person to ask another white person that question, it's so stupid, and it's so bizarre, and it really makes no fucking sense, right? But for some reason, it's deemed acceptable. Oh, well, this white guy just wanted to know if another white guy was racist. Like, what? Because he's a conservative white Christian, you you assume him to be a racist? Okay, but once again, this is the left for you. This is how the left, this is, uh, you know, critical race theory and all this other shit, right? Like, this is this type of behavior. Absolutely out of pocket.
openly racist. Well, then, if you're not going to trust anybody's views, what I found when speaking to conservative people is they don't care what I believe in. They just want, basically, to be left alone. Now, I'm sure we could tear each other to shreds over the right to bear arms or pro-life, pro-choice values. Or I'm sure I could argue with numerous people on numerous subjects. But the fundamental principle of being able to freely and openly discuss our values, that shouldn't be up for negotiation because that leads to hysteria when Tucker goes to Russia to speak to Putin. It leads to censorship. It leads to the legitimization of controlling social media spaces. It leads to government interventionism. It leads to being told things like war is the only route to peace. It's leading to a kind of madness. These blue bubbles where everyone's gone insane. Well, I used to be a part of the blue bubble. I was 100%. I never voted Republican my whole life. I was very left-leaning. Even from a strategic perspective, if you can't get your movement together to get Joe Rogan on your side, you're a mess. Like, this is someone that could be going out to bat for the Democrat Party that could be going, hello, I'm Joe Rogan. Here's Gavin Newsom on my podcast. Here's Joe Biden. I don't think he would be able to pull that off. And the reason why is simple. He was never political. I mean, he's... <coughs> and I mean socially political. I don't mean, like, he has his political beliefs, I'm sure, but he was never too vocal about that on the podcast because that's what it wasn't about for him. At the time, it was about comedy, it was about UFC, and a bunch of crazy, funny, weed-induced, related conversation, right? Um, of course... A lot of people would say that they sort of came up, and I understand this, and I know what they mean by it. They came up more or less a leftist, more than a liberal, and then as they got older, they became more conservative, right? And realistically, it's not it's not socially; it's based on the way that you live, right? Um, even when it comes to man and woman, when a man wants primarily one woman um, as a mother to his children and a woman that he can provide for, that's more of a traditional pseudo-conservative way of thinking than liberal. Um, You can compare this with liberal women. Um, Liberal women are more or less in the category by proxy in a way of progressive. Most women are progressive. They believe that, but but it's not the progressive that you think. Like for them going forward is them living their best life, having the most sexual partners, getting abortions, not having kids, um, not being able to pair bond later on and being pretty much their own worst enemy. For them, that's progressive. For them, they're getting ahead. The conservative man is going, hey, this girl, she's a six, but she's always around. She doesn't argue. We have disagreements, but we don't fight. She can cook. You know what I mean? A guy, a more traditional or not even traditional, a more conservative man is going to choose that in terms of just an eight, an eight or a nine who you have to pretty much tolerate. You know what I'm saying? 
Joe, wake up! Joe, wake up! But it's not going, we don't like him. He's a meathead. He's an Oh my god, who do you want to exclude next? And as I've said to you before, I think it's become an elitist authoritarian organization that doesn't like working or blue-collar people. That's been insidiously creeping in for a while from Clinton and Blair in our country onwards, and that was enshrined in policy in our country at least, and in yours. You saw a different kind of financial deals and deregulation took place under Clinton. Basically, ordinary people got abandoned, so the left had to justify that by saying, those people, we should abandon them. And who we're looking after is vulnerable minority groups. That's what it's done, in my view, in order to give itself a moral backbone, which it now lacks, because it has no raison d'etre, it has no purpose, because it's essentially the same as any party that goes, we're here to support the interests of big business and globalism. There isn't anything else they're offering, except for, oh yeah, we think these groups are getting a hard time. And those groups, historically, have been getting a hard time. But again, most people are willing to say, you do your thing, we'll do our thing. That, along with an ongoing dialogue, is the only solution to this, as far as I can see. Especially with, like, any social issues. When it comes to financial things, I'm a little bit more conservative. But at the end of the day, I'm way more left than I am right. But California went nuts, man. It's gone, like, full communist. It's out of its mind. And their approach to law enforcement is so insane. It's so insane. The no cash bail, the letting people out for committing violent crimes, the and not stopping people for stealing up to whatever money it is. What is it, $900 now? I think they raised it. I think they made it a little higher. San Francisco is non-existent. San Francisco, most of San Francisco is emptied out of, like, big chain stores and big department stores. They I, I, would, I wouldn't even do stand-up there anymore. <laughs> it's crazy. They ruined it. Amazing. Interesting. Oh. Again, if someone who... <laughs> it's funny. And my bad, I'm coughing. I'm smoking. I'm getting high as fuck. Um, I had mentioned before, shout out to Sky News Australia. I was just wondering where that video is from. Um, people blowing up a car, setting the car on fire and watching the car blow the fuck up. And we're not talking about overseas. We're not talking about Mexico. Um, we're not talking about in Paris. We talking about San Francisco, United States of America, the West Coast, the Bay Area. And finally, the people, I guess, in that area, it's the same thing with Chicago. It's the same thing with New York, right? The blacks in New York, they're becoming more aware of what's been going on with Trump. And maybe, just maybe, they've came to the conclusion that, hey, these people are on a witch hunt for somebody because he has that much... um, he has that much momentum going forward where the person that's second of him is probably down by 30 or 40 points. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. I mean, when he was going in the beginning, when Trump was going in the beginning, he wasn't showing up to debates because he was over people by 40 plus percent. If you're over somebody 40 points, what's the point of you even going there? You'll be giving them too much credit showing up. speaks to so many ordinary Americans in the way that Joe Rogan does in an unprecedented way can't be reached. That is a barometer that should be paid attention to. If you're part of the Democrat Party establishment and you watch you should be that idiot, then you are unelectable. I'm in the middle now. I'm in the middle. I'm in the I middle. Never w- I never thought I would ever never. say that. Never. Never. It, it only happened in this last year. Right. Exactly. I just went, I can't do it anymore. 
you know, people that you thought were aligned with you are like now, now like mad at you about. They're in a cult. They're in a cult. It's it's got all. There it is. Funny how, you know, these lunatic liberals, they all sound the same, right? So they're like, oh, you're part of MAGA? Oh, that's a cult. And it's like, no, it isn't, man. Like, the people that claim MAGA are not even actual Republicans. They like Trump because that's Trump. They don't, they don't like, they don't consider themselves Republicans. I know I don't consider myself Republican, but I would say I'm more right leaning. I'm not, I'm not anywhere near left like I used to be. And even when I was, I had no idea of it. Right. I voted for Obama because he was black. Identity politics. You feel me? Um, Going along with going along to get along in terms of the election 2024. uh, The Biden buck dancing is going to be taking place very soon. There's going to be a lot of Biden buck dancing. Okay, a lot of Biden buck dancing. All right. I mean, Mark Andreessen, who's a brilliant venture capitalist guy, explained it to me in, in, in very clear terms, like what the definition of a cult is, how you can get excommunicated, how you get shamed for having differing opinions, the group think, the whole, he's like, it's a cult. There he's it is. right. He's yeah. 100% right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just hard to say because then people in the cult will attack you. You get excommunicated. You yeah. get treated like you're a Nazi. When did this transition hmm. take place? Perhaps the most... You get treated like you're a who? A Nazi? Hmm. That's interesting. Identifiable and obvious point was during the pandemic, when left and right bifurcated at a point when everyone could and was supposed to come together. When the cult of wearing masks and taking medicines and posting on TikTok and shaming people and then acknowledging, wait a minute, minority communities are particularly vaccine hesitant. How do we move the pieces around on the board to facilitate that? The point about a cult is an important one because that is where authoritarianism and the refusal to engage in discourse really take hold. If your ideology is quaking, shaky and not solid, then you don't want to engage in conversation because you know that you don't have a robust ideology that can withstand discourse. Ultimately, what's clearly necessary in this age of mass communication is decentralization, is the ability for communities to be governed differently according to the will of the people that occupy those territories, whether they're physical or online spaces. The idea that you can now have a country split down the middle with one half oppressing the other half is ridiculous and laughable. The pandemic period was when authoritarianism became normal. Initially, well, you have to stay indoors because you're protecting other people. There's no evidence that it protects other people. There's no evidence that social distancing works. The whole argument fell apart and I think helped us to recognise that what neoliberalism in the form of this peculiar new form of leftism was masking was authoritarianism, a desire to control, a Mm. desire to signal virtue rather than practice principles. And Oh, you mean like... uh telling people that they got to wear masks like uh, Anthony Fauci and all these other guys. But when you see them out public, they're taking pictures without a mask. They're at stadiums without masks. They're at restaurants without masks. You mean that are, you know, these people that told us that, you know, these vaccinations were very important and the cause and effects of all those, you know, nobody wants to talk about that anymore. You know, the authoritarian approach or you got a group called Antifa who march on the streets like Nazi stormtroopers. You can't make any of this shit up. 
natural virtue. And if the left can't house the biggest voice in independent media, a person who's plainly not a communist because he's just done a massive, massive media deal, who says he's never voted Republican in his life, who clearly speaks the blue-collar America in a way that's unprecedented, if you can't get in alignment with that voice, then your political movement, I would say, is on its way to expiring. But that's just what I think. Why don't you let me know what you think in the comments in the chat? Remember, we make content every single day for our members, like our exclusive Tucker Carlson video. You can join I mean, fuck that. I make content every day for people that listen. Fuck, fuck the members. You know, this ain't the mafia, so we don't got members over here. This ain't a members-only type of occasion, all right? So, shout out to Russell Brando. He what? He what? <clears throat> okay, Russell Brand. I want to get through another video, and then I'm going to wrap this up as segment one, continuing the episode as I go along here. Let's go over Vivek Ramaswamy talking about Trump or a segment dealing with Vivek Ramaswamy or Vivek. I think it's Vivek Ramaswamy uh, talking about Trump. I believe this is Fox. This could be Fox News. Yeah, I think this is Fox News. Former presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy is with us. Sir, great to have you back. Uh, let, let me start first with this issue about Biden. Biden comes out at this hastily called news conference. You saw it. I saw it. And it's all he's mad and he's furious that special counsel her pointed out that he didn't even remember the year he became vice president when he started <laughs> or finished Bum. on numerous occasions and that he didn't even remember within a few years when his son died. How in the hell he dare, how in the hell dare he raise that, his words? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it's, it wasn't any of their damn business. They never asked. Well, look, on he one, brought it up on his own. On one hand, you have, you have a president who they say is too senile to stand trial. Well, on the other hand, they say he's perfectly fine to run the United States of America. Go ahead. Those two things can't make sense at the same time. Cook up. But I want to point out something, Sean, which is that we have known about Biden's senility and mental frailties for a long time. The fact that the mainstream media and even the Democratic establishment is now picking up on this signals to me that they are getting ready to move him out of the way. And precisely because Donald Trump is on the path to mop the floor with Joe Biden this fall. I think he is. That's why I think there's a very good chance it's not going to be Joe Biden. So we have to be skating to where the puck is going, not just where it is. One step ahead, we can fall into the temptation of thinking the Democratic Party is as sillily stupid as Joe Biden appears <laughs> to be on a given day. That's actually not the case. They're actually one step ahead, and I believe they are planning to replace Joe Biden quietly. And I think this is just one more step in leading us there for us to be prepared to really have a much more competitive race this fall than it appears at the margin. Mm. Listen, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, you can't have somebody this cognitively compromised. By the way, uh, a credit to this show. We've been- All right, so here's here's the deal. And shout out to uh, Sean Hannity. He White, um, here's the deal. Um, with this situation, regardless of who they try to replace Biden with, it's going to be very hard for these people to just randomly side with a person over Donald Trump. Another, You're going to side with another Democrat who you thought was going to run the country just fine. Look at what Biden's doing today. So you guys are telling me you're going to trust another Democrat to do the same thing? What the? 
niggas is tweaking, man. Shit is out of pocket. Pointing it out uh, since the last election. And by the way, back then he looks lucid and, and with it compared to where he is today. The decline has been that significant. We've shown people the tape. If you believe that, then who is likely to replace him? Look, I think they have a major Kamala Harris problem because this is a party that is tied its very identity to identity politics. Damn. She only got the job, let's be very honest, because of her race and gender. I know you're not supposed to say that, but it's the truth. And so if they're going to move Joe Biden out of the way, but they Look, want to talk about Harris democratic that identity it, politics, that, that, that's, that's that, that is a known fact. That's the core. And they know that and they know that Kamala Harris cannot be the nominee. And so they have to have somebody who checks off one of those identitarian boxes. So that's why I think it's not going to be Gavin Newsom, whether it's Michelle Obama to Hillary Clinton. I was just about to say Michelle Obama. And this is what shout out the Doc Rich. He black. He a black. Um, shout out to Doc Rich. He pointed this out. He black. Um, the possibility that, you know, hey, we can make we can get somebody like Michelle Obama who may not even have to campaign as much because she's a black woman and that will get everybody and the people of color. Hey, remember Obama? Let's vote. Let's get another Obama back in. And who knows? That might be what they feel they need. I don't think many people are falling for the bullshit again with the left. I don't think too many people are. And I'm not saying this as some hardcore conservative. Um, I would say more so socially I'm center, but um, my personal beliefs are conservative. But I would not put myself in a just one sided ordeal. I do lean more towards um, the right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do lean more towards the right, but I don't really go with the, the back and forth horse shit, especially over meaningless nonsense. You know what I'm saying? To somebody else, it has to be somebody who checks off their temple of identity politics box. But I do think that that is where we're headed. And it's important for Republicans not to be complacent. Right now, President Trump would run laps around Joe Biden. This could be a Reagan-style landslide. You look at that survey of independent voters and that focus group that tells you the same story I am seeing across this country, which is precisely because why I believe they're going to actually change it to someone other than Biden by the time we get to this summer. Okay. Now, uh, I have no reason not to believe David Axelrod, but he was, he was pretty strong in a statement saying Michelle's not running. Okay. That then brings up the Gavin Newsom issue. I've interviewed him. I have pressed him. I pressed him in the debate with Governor DeSantis on the issue of if he'd run. He's been very clear that he's not next in line, that the person that would be next in line would be the Vice President Harris. Okay, so how do you how do you put, I guess, push her out of the way? And that's the only that's the only thing that stops them from being replaced. That's the only thing that stops Biden from actually being replaced. The fact that the next person up would be Kamala Harris. You talk about the left turning on its own. You talk about the left turning on its own. I mean, Jesus. That that's messy. Kamala Harris is president. Oh yeah, the country's finished. Forget about the country. 
and maybe go to Gavin if he would take it. I'm taking him at his word that he said he, he really wouldn't take it. Uh, then you got to look at Gretchen Whitmer. It's interesting that they are pushing out a book, is my understanding, uh, over the summer. That seemed to be kind of spontaneous. You think maybe she's been talked to or spoken to by people? Well, the reality is even Hillary Clinton is now lightly criticizing Joe Biden. God knows she wants the job. Damn. I don't necessarily take David Axelrod at his word. I do think that it may not even be Michelle Obama's choice. The idea that just because she doesn't want to run doesn't mean they're going to make her the nominee, I think are two separate and different questions. But whatever it is, Sean, this is our moment to get ahead of that curve, not to play a guessing game. I think the Republicans right now have an opportunity to own the message of national unity. Seal that border. Democrat or Republican, most Americans agree on its importance. Black or white, man or woman, it doesn't matter. We agree. Nations have borders. Merit beats DEI, that we got to drill more, frack more. Own the actual issues that allow us to unite this country. And the more we get ahead of that curve, the more we say that we own the message of national unity, not Joe Biden who claimed to unite the country, but we, the Republican Party, do that to make America great again. We have to make America one nation again that America first includes all Americans. The more we embrace that message in advance, the less it matters if it's Michelle Obama or Hillary Clinton or anybody else. So I'm not a believer of waiting for the other well, side to ask. make their decisions and then responding. Let's set our own agenda, national unity as our own message. I think Donald Trump has the ability to, del to deliver on that. And that way, either way, he will be victorious this fall. National unity sounds a lot like nationalism. Now, y'all know what I've said when I talked about nationalism. So what he is saying is pretty much the shit that I've been talking about. Keep that in mind. What's fucking with that? What the? As I'm keen to make sure we accomplish. I mentioned the nearly 10 million unvetted Joe Biden illegal immigrants coming from our top geopolitical foes, tens of thousands of them from these countries. Um, and Biden and even Mitt Romney um, find their comments repulsive. Biden saying that House Republicans should reject Trump's dangerous, quote, un-American pro-Putin stance on Ukraine. No, it's not a pro-Putin stance to say that this is the biggest national security threat your wide open borders that is allowing people from Iran, Egypt, Syria, Afghanistan, China and Russia China. into the country. Sorry, secure the border, get your budget in balance. Then we can talk about aid. First, I talk about Israel. Ukraine already got 75 billion uh, and we cannot be fighting a proxy war with Vladimir Putin and Russia unless maybe we want Russia to get more aggressive. That is a potential outcome also. Well, look, I think that we are marching closer to World War III than we ever have been in my lifetime, driving Russia further into China's arms, which unfortunately nobody in either party is really talking about. But you're right. The top threat we face is the invasion, and I will call it that, the invasion at our own southern border. If that disaster can happen on October 7th in Israel, it could happen right here at home in the United States of America. And God forbid we learned that the hard way. So this should not be yeah. a Democrat versus Republican issue. And this idea that we need a new law, Sean, is also a farce. Remain in Mexico is currently technically the law of the land. You just have Biden and Mayorkas refusing to actually enforce the law. So oh. that's where I want to see Republicans in both the House and the Senate actually stand with a spine to say that it's not just how much more money you send to the border. It is a demand that as table stakes for even having any other discussion about foreign aid, we have to make sure we are enforcing the laws that are already on the books. 
We don't need new laws. We need a new president who actually enforces the law. That's not Joe Biden. It's going to be Donald Trump. But until then, Republicans have to make that demand of this administration enforcing the law before there's even a conversation about any foreign aid, foreign aid package. That's where we need to go. Yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy. All right. Shout out to Sean Hannity, Fox News, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, or Vivek, whatever. What the? You know what I mean? I think that if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I've heard that Trump has selected him as vice president. I, I'm hoping that is the case. I mean, he's been the most enthusiastic one for Trump. He's also so happened to be the youngest one, which I think that's very important um, in terms of getting the youth involved. Um, having an individual that's able to, you know, go head to head with Charlemagne the God. He's able to go on multiple different platforms, have, you know, multiple different conversations with different individuals. Um, in the same, in the same formula with Trump, he's not your usual politician because we're used to seeing the older politicians. And, you know, of course that will be a challenge for him. But I think he's more than ready to become a uh, vice president. But this will be segment one. Stay tuned. Segment two is on the way. Be right back. All right. All right. Segment two here. Crashed out Coliseum. All right. The crash out Coliseum. We went through a Russell Brand and Fox News clip. Uh, what do we got next here? We're going into the red pill, man. Women instantly regrets divorce. What the? I'm doing really ugly crying. Because, oh. Oh. Oh, I didn't know my cat was in here. <laughs> cat. Oh, God. A cat woman. Oh, fuck. She must have thought I was crazy. Cool. <gasps> Oh, I'm just really realizing that my marriage is over and it's really bad. Oh, I'm really sad. <laughs> Why did I divorce my husband? I divorced my... Because I was making... Listen to this shit. Listen. Certain amount of money. I divorced my husband because I thought I didn't need him anymore. I divorced my husband because I had this senior position at work and okay. thought I held the same position at home. Mm-hmm. I- See, when women make money and they go out to the workforce, they tend to become more masculine. And the more resources they bring in, they start to think, okay, why do I need this man? I don't care about him. Men, when they bring in resources, we try to pour into the family, into the household. We tend to give. We make sure our wife is straight. Make sure our girlfriends are straight. We make sure the kids have money put up and everything like that. Women, they just say, okay, I got money. Man, I don't need no man. What you gonna do for me? I divorced my husband because I thought I was better than him because I had my degree now. I divorced my husband because I thought a successful marriage meant I was here and he was down here. That is not success. That's fucking sickness. All the while, my husband done found somebody else building a a relationship and building a life with the tsunami is back like it's just so hard like i'm frustrated because (laughs) i you know got my whole world got disheveled (sighs) and i feel like he has moved on and (sighs) he's healed and moved on and doesn't care about me which 
I don't want him to come back into my life, but it. See, guys, I told you before, if you move on, if you're happy with your life, if you find another woman, if you become successful, she's going to say, man, what's going on? Because women want you to grovel. They want you to cry. They want to be needed. Mm. So if you're constantly communicating with them and saying, baby, can I get you back? Hey, what can I do to fix this? She's going to be like, oh, I want you. But as soon as you just move on with your life and you are at peace, they can't fathom you living a happy life without them. I'm not made to date in 2023. Mm. I don't understand where the hell... Let it out. This is going to... Mm. I'm not made for situationships, whatever the... That means oh, yeah. I'm made to be a wife and a oh, mom. Oh. There's another cat. Y'all heard that? Damn. <laughs> Whatever that means. No, I'm made to be a wife and a mom. So why did you leave your husband? Conan. I want my man to come home to me. Eliminated. I want to have dinner cooked. I want. Oh, yeah. These women leave pretty good relationships and situations. And then they get back out there in the streets. And think, okay, I'm going to have all these options. The grass is green on the other side. Look at all these men that want me. I keep telling you women, these guys out there. And see, this is another thing, ladies. Like, y'all got to understand. The man is actually the one who benefits by getting bodies, not you. See, a man's not going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you it. See, when a man gets a body... In other words, when men have sex, we're not talking about committing acts of violence. When a man has sex, he gains experience, right? Women, y'all gain baggage because those physical, intimate, and emotional connections, you're only meant to only have like one to three before being married, before starting a family, right? Y'all at 300. Y'all can't pair bond. Even if you meet a guy that you're interested in, your brain is so wrapped up on the last guys you're with, you'll spend too much time comparing the previous the previous men that you dealt with with the current men you deal with. And that's why you women become your own worst enemy. You have the abundance of options, but out of all the options that you have, you make the same mistakes. Common, single mother, baby father out and about locked up incarcerated now you're looking for a stepdaddy what the tweaking just want to smash and hook up dudes ain't really trying to settle down like that so if you have a a man that's that's there for you that's doing all he can he might not make six figures man you better stay with that guy because let me tell you something it's a savage world out here laundry done I want to do all that that's what I'm made for that's what God made me for. Oh, yeah. I know people are going to be like, it's 2023. Women don't need to be doing that. I want that. So my husband just told me he doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> fucking retards. So I don't want to take a shot at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Monday? Okay. A woman shared her regret. This, yo, take a shot at 11 o'clock in the morning? Pathetic, yo. Peons.
about not working harder to save her marriage now that her ex-husband is happily remarried. The 41-year-old woman shared to the True Off My Chest subreddit that she left her husband around 10 years ago, shortly after they'd had their first child together. According to this woman, there were no major issues in the marriage. She was a stay-at-home mom and had her husband wrapped around her finger. He did whatever she said, and she burnt him out. When he grew tired of her demands, she started threatening divorce. She thought she was still a great catch and that she could do better than her husband, so she left. She ended up getting joint custody of her son and the house after the divorce. Mm. Now, 10 years later, the ex-husband is happily remarried with a baby. See, these women think it's so awesome out there. I truly think... Um, well, it's not even that. I think the wall and the fact that the man is going to be what he is as he gets older. Um, for a lot of men, their value goes up as they get older. Right? Um, for women, that's not really the case. So the woman is going to have a harder time. It, yeah, she can find another man, but is that man going to be willing to commit to her? You know, if she just got out of a marriage, you know, she got a, well, if we're being traditional, she get out of her marriage. We can say that she's like late twenties, early thirties. It's going to be a little harder for her to find a partner than the man who might've been older to begin with and pulled the woman. So of course, you know, the man is going to end up remarrying and she's the one that's going to be stranded. What the? For women, when you really look at it, it's just like a check mark. Okay, I did this. It's just a chapter. I did this. Okay, it's on to the next. That's why they have these divorce parties. They just take marriage for granted for the most divorce part. Divorce parties. The baby daughter and a new house. The divorced woman, on the other hand, has been unmarried ever since. She's jealous of her ex-husband's new wife, saying, she took my husband, she took my kid, she took my life that was once mine, and now I live in an empty house. She claims she is alone and miserable and wishes she would have been a better wife 10 years ago. So she These women don't appreciate good men. Today they lose They them. really don't. They have good husbands. <laughs> Guys who love them, who are there for them, probably gonna do nothing wrong. These women just blow it up yeah, because they up. feel like they don't want to be in that situation anymore. It's crazy, man. Beat you can be the perfect guy. You can do everything you're supposed to do. You can provide. You can protect, and they'll still find something to complain about. I'm having a bit of a tough day today, so I thought that I'd share that, even though I'm the person who initiated the divorce i'm feeling some Here we jealousy go. because my ex is really out there working it not necessarily that he's looking for a girlfriend but he's definitely working on building his social network and that includes women and even though i don't want to be with him anymore in that way it still triggers. This is how selfish, narcissistic, and childish a lot of women can be. I've talked about this before with a recent woman, right? A woman that will single-handedly waste a man's time. She'll tell, she'll, she'll, she won't say nothing in the beginning. But then she'll notice as the guy is trying to approach her for whatever to go out, to chill, whatever. Then she waits to drop the the she she waits the last minute to drop the bomb. And then by that time, well luckily for me, it was only two weeks. So I'm like, all right, bet. Block, move on. 
a lot of guys, they get caught up in this shit for, you know, three to five months thinking that they can change the woman's mind. They can do this and that. And some women really do look for a man to seek after her, you know, in this hopeless romantic fashion. And it's like, man, niggas is too old for that. Niggas is out here working. Niggas is out here making money. Don't got time for any distractions with no uh, half-hearted, half-assed bitch. You feel me? See, even when they don't want you, they want you to want them. Women are sick in the head. That's sick. Yeah. Think about it. That's sick. They my nigga, I'm glad he said it. Yo, that is the truth. Yo, my nigga, there's no other way to put it. I'm glad he said it like that. That's what it is, bro. Like, they want you to be miserable. They want you to be on the brink of destruction and delete yourself. <laughs> That's what they more in that Romax. way. Romax. <laughs> it still triggers Trigger. jealousy Trigger. and pain. I know he's suffering and, you know, he's dealing with the rejection that he feels because I'm the one who is leaving. Look, I have a kid. I used to be like that. Okay, so see, she's the one that's pulled the plug. See, and this is the thing, right? Going back to what I always talk about where 70 to 80% of the women are the ones that are filing these divorces, right? <clears throat> it's all a similar type of pattern, right? And what I mean is it's a similar pattern that involves the women making the poor decision of divorcing the man because she believes that there's better things out there for her. Um, She's shown no gratitude, no appreciation, no consideration, no cooperation throughout the entire situation. So in her mind, she just thinks, you know, you know, this guy's going to stick around regardless until, you know, he just figures, all right, you know, because sometimes, like I said, you got to be prepared to burn a bridge because you will deal with women. In all actuality, you have nothing but good intentions for you, and they don't have that same approach. They're seeing what they can get off of you. They're seeing what they can temporarily um, use for you um, or use from you or manipulate you into doing things for them. Um, if you want if you want to do something, they'll leave you on standby. You know, they'll leave you on red. And for a man to continue to go along with it. That's where you reach the pretty much the desperation of the modern simp. It's it's just absolutely pathetic. Until I had my kid. Now that I have my kid, like I might be this, oh, I'm a boss, bitch, blah, blah, blah. but deep down in my heart, I would do absolutely anything to be at home and be like always with my child. There you go. But unfortunately, and I And have can't. a man protect you. Stop acting like, stop, stop leaving out the man part. Right. Yeah. Because for you to be home with your child, that means you got a man home. Exactly. Guys, let me tell you something. Being a single mom is not cool. <laughs> These women try to dress it up like, yeah, I can do bad all by myself. I'm a boss. Too. I don't need no man. Man, at home, they're struggling. They might not be crying, but they're sitting there like, man, I wish I had a man that could hold me, that can, that can pay the bills. See, these single moms, they got to... And you see, that's the funny... That's most women. That's most single mothers and women in general on social media. The women are the most 
two-faced, but not in a sneaky way. They're two-faced in the terms of they have two different personalities. They have the personality that they project on social media, and then they have just the raw... It's like you see a woman on social media, profile pictures. She got a little makeup on. She looked well taken care of. Compare that to seeing a bitch at Walmart or to see a bitch at Walgreens. Bitches going in the, uh, the store with bonnets on. What the? Niggas look crazy. The bitches look like a fucking mess, right? It's like that. And the women talk about, oh, well, you know, if and guys, listen to me. This is the one thing I've learned. When a woman tells you that she doesn't want a relationship, she's lying. She just doesn't want the relationship with you. And as long as you can take that like a champion and just move on, you'll be just fine. It ha- like for women, they'll say things like, "Oh, well, I just don't want a relationship right now," you know. And what she's saying is she doesn't re- she want she doesn't want the relationship at the moment because she doesn't want that with you. These are the same women, and I've seen it happen with not not me personally. Besides, well, technically this didn't happen with me, but I've seen it happen with other guys where a woman will say some shit like, "Oh, I just don't want a relationship right now," and a guy will be like, "Oh, okay, all right, cool." He'll move on, and then a week later she'll be with another guy, literally with him, like together. And it's all—it's one of those, you know. I think it's more. I think it's more childish, and I think it's more immature that women do that, rather than just be straightforward with a guy. Guy's gonna handle the L, and he's gonna move on. A lot of you women, you put these men down, and you expect these men to still be around and want to conversate. Like, yo, you're not dealing with women; you're dealing with men. Um. So it's an ultimate form of disrespect in a lot of ways to to lie to a man and to get a man thinking otherwise about anything only for your gain. Right. And a lot of these women, they they'll either they've already dealt with that. That's the reason why they just take it out on men. They never take it out on the person that did them wrong, though. If you ever think about that, they'll treat the, the person that wants to spend time with them like shit. But the person that treats them like shit, they treat them like a king. That's how you know these women are destructive. And as much as the modern woman wants to say that, you know, toxic masculinity is a problem. I mean, the toxic femininity of being with the so-called toxic men, putting them on pedestals, but using the guys with consideration, not even the nice guys, not the betas. But guys who are considerate taking advantage of those men um, for for your own personal kicks, that's just that's a mental illness. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with a lot of these women. It's like what he said. You'll have women. You'll have women deal with multiple men, not just one man, but multiple men, but not on a relationship level. It's a level of. She depends on one man for one thing. That man provides it. The man wants something else. She moves on to another guy. And it goes just like that, right? And she'll sit back and she'll entertain other guys. She'll entertain the guys 
imagination of wanting to be with the woman or she'll entertain the guy's compliments or she'll entertain the guy coming on to her because she doesn't see it as an issue that in reality, she really doesn't want anything to do with the guy. But, you know, it's entertainment for the time being. And that's how women consume your time. Because if they're direct with you and tell you what it is, they know that most men are going to vanish and disappear. Like if this woman had told me this two weeks prior, I wouldn't have even approached and tried to smoke with her or hang out with her because that's not I'm not looking for female friends. No disrespect. So like with me, my approach is to be direct, even if it involves taking a loss, because most guys, you know, I'm 35, so I'm not. I'm not really out here caring to really get involved with the back and forth. It's like, okay, what's your motive in a relationship? What's your motive? What do you want out of life? You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like where I I stand at, at this point in my life. Um, You know, previously in the past, like I said before, when I was broke, didn't have money, I was just, you know, bitches was everywhere. You know what I'm saying? But as I got older, got a bit more mature, I really don't look at casual sex as a benefit. I think it's a, it, it comes with so many flaws and disadvantages that the man is usually like tied up. And I don't mean like literally tied up, but I mean in a metaphysical way. He's tied up in disability or not even disability, this this emotion to want to take care of a woman and provide for a woman. But at the same time, that sort of reptilian brain that's telling him to, you know, watch out because, you know, these bitches ain't shit. And and if a bitch gets the opportunity to take advantage of a man in most circumstances, she's going to take that opportunity. So these men today or even me to an extent. I'm really just, in a way, I'm really talking about myself in a sense to where, you know, we reach, men like myself reach a certain point where, you know, we've been single for a good period of time. Um, We're comfortable with it, but it's good to, it would be good to, to have some woman around. But at the same time, you can't even have that way of thinking. You'll be a one woman type of guy with a multiple man type of woman. It's a bad combination. Be masculine all the time. They can't be in their feminine. They can't be submissive. And oftentimes, these these women are trying to keep the kids away from the dad. And they're they're miserable people for the most part. They're always struggling. Remember, guys, single moms are not looking for love. They're looking for help. And by the way, shout out to uh, Darius M. He's responsible for this video. Exactly, yeah, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he's right, and that's just hard. Like, but unfortunately, since I'm by myself, I got a hustle, you know. But I would do anything to have a man. Like, that's what I'm saying. One thing I wish I would have known before I got my second divorce is that you can <laughs> heal inside <laughs> of you. Oh my god, a second divorce. See. Sometimes, and I represent this as a man, sometimes it's better to never have, like, sometimes it's better to never have in terms of marriage or anything close to that, especially when it comes to the consequences in the long run. Imagine marrying a woman that you barely know, just just out of the instinct of 
wanting to be like the others. Like that's modern woman. When woman decides to marry, they marry for the pageantry. They marry for the ceremony. They marry for the reception. They marry for the ring. The ring is what matters. The ring is what she shows off to her friends. They know the husband. They know the guy. They've saw him before. That's not what's important. So you have to you have to think, okay, so you went through two marriages now and you're out here flaunting this shit on TikTok because and once you learn to play the motherfucking head game, it's no longer a game anymore at all. You start living your life. I think so many times we're stuck on this. I have to go find myself. I have to get divorced so I can heal. I'll break up. I have to be alone, whatever it may be. And it's just like simply not true. All right. Shout out to Darius M. Uh, We moving on. We moving on. We moving on. We going into this last video here. We're going to try to go through most of it. I'm very impressed that we went through what we needed to go through. Um, we're not even 30 minutes in yet, are we? No, we're not. So let's go through this. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, a channel solely focused on exposing the abundant hypocrisy of the left. Man, I miss the good old days, you know, when things weren't as partisan as they are today. You know, we're in the era of Trump, where everything Trump says, automatically the left will say the opposite. Everything is so deeply partisan that Trump will say something like, ooh, I love this beautiful oxygen, this great, big, beautiful oxygen. Let me take a big, deep breath, the biggest of deep breaths ever taken. Oh, look at my big, beautiful lungs you know trump could say something like that and leftoids matter of fact before we go into that i want to i want to say something because i forgot i had this uh this little segment saved on my notes here let's talk about let's talk about the pain of discipline versus the pain of regret the pain of discipline versus the pain of regret and I wanted to tie this into the last video because you have a lot of women, a lot of these women who are divorced, some of these women divorced more than one time. They're all talking about the same thing, but they don't want to acknowledge it. The accountability that they weren't able to face or the, the accountability that they weren't able to take at that moment that they have to take today. It's the women who's always been seeked after by men that when they finally get to a point of understanding they're they're at a point where their attraction isn't what it used to be and they're not ready for that when you deal with a man who has to become a man rather than a woman who just is the man has to go to the gym the man has to eat better the man has to socialize. The man has to know how to communicate and convey what he wants without being aggressive. Versus a woman, she can be out of pocket. She can be disrespectful. She can be rude. She can be obnoxious. She can be immature. She can be vindictive. And there is still a core of society that will always chip in and cheer her on. The men have to become in terms of working out, in terms of bettering himself and truly be about self-development to where realistically 
if he's bettering himself, uh, his opportunity will come. And even when his opportunity doesn't come, he betters himself for himself rather than bettering himself for hopes of oppressing or impressing a woman or winning a woman over. Right. This is where like the red pill fucks up at because they only have the pain of regret. They don't have the pain of discipline. Um, They haven't faced their demons. They haven't really understood the true meaning of introspection and being introspective and truly being able to acknowledge what you were in the past and not let that affect you going forward. A lot of women have this issue. That's why a lot of the women are on head meds. This is why um, a lot of women are out here with multiple sexual partners, which only damages them further psychologically and emotionally, not to mention physically. Um, But all these things incorporated, you still have a society where it's only the pain of regret. I believe the pain of regret in terms of the red pill, the pain of regret is sort of the red pill rage, right? It's like you realizing that the women that you had such interest in were the women that were taking advantage of you. Some of these women were manipulating you. You guys may be with some of these women that cheated on you, did shit behind your back. You wouldn't know because she never she never was caught. But it's this idea and the possibility that prevents the man from going forward. And the pain of regret is the pain that I believe, uh, which in a lot of ways within this red pill talking space or this talking point, um, the black pill becomes those who just acknowledge the pain of regret instead of the pain of discipline and the pain of tolerance and you having to better yourself in order to be in a better situation. Now, in terms with women, it's both. It's the pain of discipline because you as a man may want something with a woman who's for the streets. You may not acknowledge it. You may not notice it. But when you notice it, you got to be able to react. You got to be able to push that eject button. You got to be willing to burn that bridge. If not, you'll just have the pain of regret because you'll only regret doing you'll you'll only regret not doing it earlier. In other words, with the pain of discipline, it's you acknowledging that you needed to learn that lesson. You needed to take that out in order to understand what you did wrong in order to better yourself going forward. The people that talk about like the red pill and shit, like these guys are all jabronis today. So they're all selling you bullshit. We out here cooking up. All right. We're out here cooking. Response, well, they'd stop breathing. They'd hold their breath in and say, I'm never taking a breath ever again. That's how partisan things are these days. But you know, I miss the days of old where not only was there more crossover, but there was more intellectual honesty. You know, we just don't have that anymore in the political discussion. Well, you wonder why? Well, it's mostly because if you end up telling the truth and that truth offends a particular group of people and especially leftists, well, let's just say all hell breaks loose. And so here we find ourselves where the president of the United States essentially is a brain-dead vegetable, but you'll see all the leftist talking heads and all the Democrat politicians simply fighting their partisan fight, completely ignoring the basic reality of the situation in their attempt to convince us that this guy... America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in foot him, uh, foot, foot Los Angeles and... Uh, and uh, um, uh, um, 
Or what am I doing here? We haven't been able to communicate. <laughs> this nigga said, uh, what am I doing here? <laughs> that is. Uh, I gotta chill. Yo, this nigga gotta chill out, bro. Damn, bro. This is the nigga y'all voted in. Let me say another way. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Huh? that you can do, the drivers. Is mentally sharp. Yeah, right. I got a couple of viral clips to show you guys. Let's delve into the partisan leftist mind. We've got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, so let's first start off with Trump derangement syndrome sufferer Bill Maher. I'm not exactly sure who his guest was on the show, but this moment, I mean, it's just, it's telling, it's hilarious, and it's also sad. That's why I say Biden, not, I wish he would get out of the way for somebody younger, but... As far as could he can he actually do the job? Yes, he can. He's not senile, and most of the decisions are made you in. Think the, he's not senile. He's not senile. Bill, huh? Did you see the thing where like out of the Civil War and then you need to go on He's just think he's not senile. He's not senile. Bill, it's different. What is that then? That's it wasn't different. happening like that when he was yeah, Obama's it, it, VP. It, it doesn't. No, of course he's a lot older, and he shows it. It doesn't affect what matters. He literally just called uh, Trump the sitting president. The and other Trump day. just called. He did a whole rant. Did I just tell you Trump was mentally no, no, sound? I'm, I'm just, <laughs> no, but he did the same thing. People get up in the upper years, and they, especially when you're like talking in public a lot, you know, it's going to happen. It doesn't affect. Bill. So you mean to tell me and the woman's defense, well, did I say that Trump was mentally sound? Uh, well, he's definitely more than Biden. I mean, can we can you can you say that? Stupid ass. These fucking liberals, man. Okay. Don't give me Bill like in, on this in this area. I'm the one who doesn't know shit. Maybe you don't. Watch I'm not saying you video. don't know shit. No, but, I'm not claiming to know anything about politics. But, you're, you're, but watch the freaking okay. videos of the guy. I've seen the videos. He can't get I'm, off the stage. I'm, that's not true either. You're. I've seen the videos. We've seen the same thing. The bicycle store. He doesn't know where he's at. It, that's. You think the guy knows? Okay, I mean, because uh, okay, point area explored. We have a difference of opinion. Uh, he got triggered. Yo, come on, Bill Maher, man, getting triggered. Typical leftoid, man. This is how they operate. If you disagree with them, man, they don't like it. They're like, all right, we got to move on. We're, we're, we obviously disagree. See these niggas? They all sound retarded, man. This shit's sad. You can school me on it. Tell me nobody, nobody knows. I'm just telling you, when he's sitting alone, not alone, when he's sitting with advisors in the Oval Office, where the job is actually done, not in this arena, which has you so interested in, this shiny object. The what shiny he's object? It's the shiny object that is distracting you because you're not in the Oval Office. He looks demented. I, and I don't mean demented looks, crazy. Exactly, I mean, like, dementia. Looks, looks. In your opinion. Okay. I, I mean... To me, those are signs of dementia. Yeah, they both have some. 
probably everybody does at that age. You know, I think there's a couple factors here. One of them, of course, is that Bill Maher suffers from extreme Trump derangements. Of course. And so it's simply partisan rage that's kind of, let's just say, fogged his ability to think or see or hear. And the second thing is, well, he's probably too scared to tell the truth because the leftist mob will come after him. He even attempted to appeal to authority. How utterly ridiculous does he look? Well, listen, you're not going to tell me about politics. I'm the politics guy. Listen, Bill, first off, quit being a douche. Secondly, you're not the politics guy that you think you are. Bill Maher reads the New York Times and then regurgitates the talking point and then pretends to sound smart. He's been at the forefront of nothing significant. He's a puppet, a talking head. He hasn't tackled any of the hard-hitting journalism that's dropped over the last couple of years because he lives in a left-wing bubble. So please spare me with the appeal to authority. I'm the politics guy. You are getting schooled on a basic honesty litmus test by probably a Hollywood celebrity with no actual political understanding. Maybe being the politics guy in Hollywood, Bill Maher, is the problem. You're blinded by bias. The interaction was just perfect. Oh, well, what about the other guy? What about Donald Trump? Joe Biden is sharp. Really? Did you see the way that his guests looked at him? It's cognitive dissonance, folks. And there now we're is. dealing with this false equivalency of, well, Donald Trump's brain doesn't work either. Obviously complete nonsense. They point to this one clip where Donald Trump mixed up Nancy Pelosi with Nikki Haley. Never reports the crowds, you know. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley... You know, they did. You know, they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people. He made one mistake. And now, apparently his cognitive decline is on par with this guy. When I said uh, when I <laughs> we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president of everybody who live in a red state or a green state. As you may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, the governor, okay? You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Real time with Bill Maher. Real, real, real guy. But he's too much of an establishment shill. He's so unshill. He's such a corporate puppet that he can't even acknowledge Joe Biden's mental decline. What an absolute farce. Conan. Bill Maher, the hardcore counterculture leftist guy on HBO. Conan. What a complete joke. These people are unbelievable. And speaking of that same narrative, here's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, another person who got elected on the image of being a political outsider, a young, progressive, challenging the establishment status quo. Well, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez went from that, representing young voters who absolutely despise Joe Biden. They literally call him Genocide Joe. She went from that Genocide to being the chill you could what? possibly imagine. Do you have any concerns about his age? Do you have any concerns about whether or not he should be the nominee? I mean, I think right now when it comes to the president's age, folks are talking about how he's 81, but we have to look at First of all, Donald Trump is around the same age as 77, yeah. He's 77 years old. They could have gone to high school together. And beyond that, Donald Trump has 91 indictments. And what I know who I'm going to choose is going to be the one of the most successful presidents in, in modern American history that, pla that passed the Inflation Reduction Act, that got us the American Rescue Plan, that ensured that we could pass one of the largest federal investments in climate change in U.S. history. And as far as we go, as we know, 
virtually all the filing deadline deadlines have passed. There's already been a primary. Voters have outright rejected Dean Phillips. President Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee, and hopefully he'll be reelected as president of the United States. Yeah, you talk about a puppet, right? You talk about just a known puppet. She got she got strings holding her up. She, she got strings holding her up, man. This is a puppet through and through. I'm so happy I got Monday off. I just found out earlier today. We usually would have Tuesday off, too, but we had a snow day a couple. Well, close to a month ago now we had a snow day. And because of that, we had to come in um, Tuesday or else we would have had Monday and Tuesday off. But that's cool. We got we got some things to go over. We got some things to talk about this time around, man. I got the vehicle back. Going to be focusing on the podcast during the weekend. We talking about two and a half, possibly three hour episodes. Who knows? All right. That clip pretty much speaks for itself. Politics is not about truth seeking. It is not about truth speaking. It has become a deeply cynical game. We're telling the truth. Well, it simply doesn't seem to matter. It's not exactly part of the equation. You know, Democrats would rather destroy their credibility and go on the record defending Joe Biden than do what's right for the nation. You know, maybe not having a dementia patient as the president of the United States. Maybe, just maybe. Maybe having an open and honest conversation about Joe Biden's deterioration deteriorating mental health. It's really just a weird place to be, where rather than saying what you believe is true, you say whatever is politically expedient for your political party. So obviously the consequences are too severe. And Jon Stewart's finding that one out this week. I'm sure you guys are aware Jon Stewart's taking a couple days over a week, I think, if I'm not mistaken, of course, at The Daily Show. And well, he opened his first segment by, let's just say, acknowledging the elephant in the room. If you're telling us behind the scenes, he is sharp and full of energy and on top of it, really in control and leading, you should feel that that would be good to show to people instead of a TikTok where he goes we see john stewart a person that i never found entertaining always been pretty much a liberal through and through um was on comedy central for years decades even um the daily show I, it's funny to hear guys now like these liberal talk show comedians or talk show hosts talk about Biden in a negative way. It's almost bizarre because just four years ago, I mean, they couldn't stop talking about Trump. Now their president that they voted for is in office and they can't stand him. Charge, you see. And boy, it didn't go so well. Let's just say that. The Rolling Stone writes, is Jon Stewart still the right person to host The Daily Show? The comedy vet makes his return to the desk he left in 2015 this evening, but his both sides are equally bad approach may not translate to 2024. Yes, because apparently being intellectually honest and, you know, seeing the world through a nonpartisan lens, through a non-party politics lens, apparently that's so not 2014, writes The Rolling Stone. Leftoids are freaking out on Twitter because Jon Stewart acknowledged the basic reality that Joe Biden's brain doesn't work. And so now they're calling to cancel him. No wonder Bill Maher is so scared to admit the obvious truth about Joe. Just like what I said, and I'm done with that video. Shout out to Liberal Hive Mind. Just like what I said about Joe Rogan, right? These 
political parties and these people that are high and mighty in the political world, right? When they see that you disagree with them with one little subject, you can agree with them with 95% of the conversation. It's that 5% that they can't stand. The same with Joe Rogan, right? The people that try to cancel him, we're all liberals, most of them. Most conservatives, believe it or not, are, are fans of Joe Rogan. Because, to be honest, most people looked at Joe Rogan as pretty much a center, if anything, a center left type of guy. Not necessarily a leftist, but pretty liberal. And when Joe Rogan says, hey, the left has gone way too left, I mean, what more do you need? What more proof? What more evidence is needed and necessary? But yeah, it's 8.04. I got less than two hours until I can get out of this door. Two hours until I'm out of the door. Um, I clocked in at one. 50 so I'm leaving at 950 so I do have an hour and 36 minutes left but in the meantime and in between time and until next time and best believe next time we got a, a couple of episodes I want to do um tomorrow um I want I want to do something that goes along with the red pill iceberg I'm gonna work for that. Uh, tomorrow night, but I'm going to have something planned for tomorrow morning as well. But in the meantime, and in between time, and until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition, part two, okay, Free Thought Friday, part two of the Crash Out Coliseum. I'm signing out. Peace.